You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Marcus Benjamin here representing CanesCounty.com with my guy Frank Tucker representing the Crib, South Florida. And, of course, subscribe to the website CanesCounty.com for free. Use the promo code MIMI30. Also, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Also, subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Now, last weekend was a busy, busy weekend down here in South Florida. Battle Miami happened. Miami's Elite Prospect Day where they had plenty of juniors and, and sophomores and freshmen as well visit the Coral Gables campus. And Miami made a lot of headway with a bunch of guys, so we'll talk a little bit about that and just kind of talk a little bit about the transfers as well as spring football approaches to to kind of, you know, discuss who will show out in spring football. But first and foremost, we got to talk Luke Nickel, Frank Luke Nickel, the Miami 2025 quarterback commit showed out at Battle Miami, winning the championship with Cam Newton's seven-on-seven team, C1N. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I had a front-row seat of the kid, and he was just absolutely outstanding to me. Just dealt all afternoon, just throw after throw, deep crosses, shallow crosses, deep balls, short intermediate he was really accurate really good timing showed great footwork i mean what more can you say about the kid by the way rivals the only platform in the industry that has nickel as a four-star prospect what was your impression of luke nickel at battle miami frank my impression was he was the best player in attendance and that was a loaded event 55 teams for the varsity uh bracket it was it was a honestly, it was a surprise for me. We knew he was a good player, but the last time you and I got a chance to see him play, he had an up and down performance down here in South Florida at open the season. Um, but he's since improved. He's gotten bigger as a player as well. Um, just overall, he's he's a big big time prospect in my opinion. His his anticipation on his throws, his ability to work through a four second clock, um, you know, making next level throws outside the numbers was what really wowed me because I think those are the things that you look for uh, with a quarterback prospect is how is he able to attack outside the numbers? How is he able to anticipate, uh, you know, receivers that aren't open in that exact moment? He was able to do all of these things with an elite wide receiver core. Like he made Winston Watkins and CJ Wiley and all those guys look really good, but he was, you know, like they helped him, but he was overall the reason why Cam Newton was able to just kind of run through that tournament. They were able to knock off some really good teams, including South Florida Express, who many thought was going to win this tournament, especially after the the day that they had on Saturday. So, um, you know, I, I think that he's easily the best player to come out of that tournament, was MVP by far. Um, and, and I think that Miami's got their guy for 2025 with a lot of competition likely heading their way there, there's going to be some some elite teams that that see what miami's seeing in a state championship winning quarterback out of georgia 
who looks closer to 6263 than you know where he's listed on some sites uh, and and he looked about 215 almost 220 pounds with that frame like just he looks like he's ready to play in a college program right now and, and the arm strength the accuracy he was walking at two receivers was impressive yeah yeah he he made every throw on the day man and i was impressed with his poise as well and the fact that he's being trained by Cam Newton. I mean, say what you want about Cam Newton, but Cam Newton was one of the most uh, electrifying players uh, when it comes to playing in the NFL. And to be trained by him, and he's still getting advice from Miami offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson. I mean, he is just getting better and better. And I agree with you. When we saw him against Western first game of the season last year, uh, I thought he looked good, not great. But on Sunday, he looked great. He looked outstanding. And I mean, these seven on seven tournaments to me, it's really all about quarterback play. Uh, talent across the board is usually kind of the same, especially when it when it comes to like the receivers and DBs. I mean, you may have one or two receivers that are outstanding. Uh, maybe one or two DBs that are locked down, but it really comes down to the quarterback. And clearly Cam Newton's team had the best QB and Luke Nichols. So now it's all about keeping him, right? Because he is a Georgia player. I believe his school, Milton, is about maybe an hour away from Georgia's campus. Uh, from what I hear, Georgia will be trying to push, uh, as well as other uh, player um teams will will also look to push like Florida State as well on I, I spoke to him at the at the tournament and you can check out canescounty.com for my interview with him as well as the, the rest of his highlights from the day does Miami keep Luke Nichols throughout this 2025 cycle I 100% think so when Cam Newton was asked about it he basically said Miami's getting an elite talent and everything kept referring back to Miami throughout the weekend for nickel. He was wearing Miami cleats. He was repping the canes hard. Uh, yeah. And he hasn't seemingly wavered off of the commitment in any way. Yeah. A little chain with a pendant on there. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Miami jumping on him as early as they did and pushing as hard as they did early on in the process for a commitment. We've seen Shannon Dawson early on in a class choose who, choose who his guy is, right? It was Judd Anderson throughout the process. No matter what people said of their evaluation of Judd Anderson, that was his guy, and he stuck with him all the way through. And it seems to be the same thing with Luke Nickel. Now, it's a little bit of a different circumstance here because now this guy is going to be a four-star prospect that could push into the top ten players of the position and is going to have a lot more suitors than Judd Anderson you know, likely had at the end of this process. So I, I think that he sticks it out. The beautiful thing is Miami is going to going into a season where I think they're going to have their best quarterback play in at least a decade. And sure. even if you don't end up with the Luke Nickel, there's other options there. Say a Florida State was able to grab a Luke Nickel from you. Tramel Jones was another guy at this tournament that looked exceptional. And, and I know Canes fans aren't going to want to hear about a Florida State quarterback playing really well, but the kid was on point. Him and Luke Nickel had a battle in the playoffs. Uh, you know, while he was the leading South Florida Express, he was able to make throws across all points of the field, right? All levels. There was a back shoulder throw that he just 
put on like a frozen rope. It was just, it, it hit, I think it was Jamie French, like in the face almost as he was turning his head on a back shoulder. It was like, how did he get it there that quickly anticipate when he was going to turn his head right on the numbers? The DB had no chance and it went for a touchdown on like a 40 yard throw, just an absolute dot. And uh, Tramel Jones was another one of those players that really impressed me. So um, I, I think that Miami is going to have options at the quarterback position uh, outside of Luke Nickel, right? We, we, we saw several quarterbacks visit this weekend, uh, like a KJ Lacey, who's currently committed to Texas, um, you know, Hassan uh, Longstreet, who is one of the top uh, quarterbacks in, in the country, um, you know, one of, like likely the top uncommitted quarterback in the country. So there, there's a number of options available to him, but I do think Luke Nickel ends up being the guy uh, in this class all the way through. It's definitely great for Hurricanes fans to hear that. Um, I, you know, always kind of liked uh, Luke, Luke Nickel. Now I just absolutely love him and can't wait to see what he does in a Miami Hurricanes uniform. But um, there was some other players, obviously, that kind of stood out. You kind of already mentioned Tramel Jones was a guy that stood out for you. Um, as far as receivers are concerned, there were a few receivers that really just kind of stood out for me. I really liked the Oregon commit Dallas Wilson for, for raw. I think he just looks the part and I think he can just continue to get better. Love what I saw from Cortez mills. He had some blurs on the day. And I also, um, liked, uh, Wade and Charles. I, I thought he did well. The Miami commit, uh, as, as far as, you know, catching the ball, um, in traffic. And I also like Nashawn Montgomery, man. I think he's, he's one of the more smooth route runners of this 2025 class. Just kind of watching him. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw from, from Montgomery, who's now with Miami central. Who are some of the guys that stood out to you as far as receivers, DBs, quarterbacks, anybody? It was actually Luke Nichols' top target. It was C.J. Wiley, who plays with him at yeah. Oregon in Georgia. Like ten Six two. He, he didn't flash at all at the game either for uh, against Western, and now, and, and, but in seven on seven, he tore it up. Yeah, he had that one big catch, uh, you know, late in that game, like third quarter. But outside of that, didn't have a great game. It was a you know muddy condition, so we got to give them a little bit of credit there. But overall, I thought he was dominant in this in this tournament. And he was one of the better players in Georgia at the receiver position this past season. Uh, you know, there's not an obvious connection there with him and Nickel. I sure. think that Miami's going to need to target a bigger-bodied receiver in this class, seeing that they've they've fit them. You know, they have definitely found guys in that niche of like six foot to six two with Chance Robinson and Josiah Trader, and then you've gotten your three slot guys in the past couple classes in Robbie Washington, Nicar, and, and uh, and Ray Ray Joseph, I think that they need that big body guy, right? We haven't really seen them grab somebody of that type of stature since Isaiah Horton, who has kind of struggled to acclimate to the to the power five level since becoming a high school prospect. I love CJ Wiley. He's a four-star kid. Uh, so I think that he would help the class in that aspect. It would help solidify a Luke Nickel in this class if that's who you want your quarterback to definitely be, which I think that they do. He fits the mold of what they want. A big athletic target on the outside that was making a he was able he was able to make nimble plays on the back of the end zone, kind of toe tapping along for some catches, you know, elite hands from what we saw. He was able to make plays high point and stuff. I loved what I saw from him because of the connection between him and Luke. 
Another guy that I thought was exceptional was Vernell Brown. And it wasn't just because of what he did at receiver. His ability to play on both sides of the ball showed he's just a dog of a football player. Uh, you know, he had multiple plays as a defensive back playing a one high free safety type player. Uh, he's shifty. He's quick. He's got good hands. He is going to talk your ear off in, in all settings. We saw what he did this year on Friday nights, put up huge numbers. We know that last summer he wowed the coaching staff in, on, in a in a seven on seven campus, seven on seven camp on campus. And he's one of the top guys on the board, regardless of position. And I think that he likes Miami a lot right now. Uh, you know, he was obviously there for a visit this weekend. We did get a chance to talk to him. John Garcia was able to write that one up, I believe. And it should be up on our site at, at canescounty.com as well. Um, but he's a guy I, I'm like basically writing in, in pencil right now as a guy that probably ends up in this Miami class. And if you watch him on Friday nights and in seven on seven so far, He's going to be an impact player that's going to push guys like Nykar, Ray Ray Joseph, and Robbie Washington early on in the process because he is that good. Another guy who I liked who hasn't earned a Miami offer yet, uh, he's a 2026 prospect that actually plays quarterback on Friday nights, and that's Keyshawn Henderson out of Texas. He just picked up a Texas offer the other day, but he dominated this weekend for DEFCON Texas. Uh, he was a huge reason why DEFCON Texas was able to upset Rob Miami with Nashawn Montgomery and Cortez Mills and all those studs that they got all over the field. And I think he had four touchdowns in that game, three or four touchdowns, and he's not even a true receiver. But the athletic build around 6'3", 6'4", 185 pounds proves he's a guy that if you wanted to, if you if you kind of visualized him at, as a receiver, you could. The skills are there. You know, they always say quarterbacks have the best hands on the team, and he kind of proved it with some big-time plays in that game. I love the skill set with him. I think that if you watch the tape on him at quarterback, he's kind of intriguing there as well as as one of the better dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Already a four star prospect with about twenty five offers. I think if Miami jumped in the game, he would be interested. And obviously, it's going to be tough getting a kid out of Texas that has offers from Texas A and M and Texas and TCU and all of these homegrown programs. But he seemed intrigued about the opportunity to come down to South Florida and. When I got a chance to speak to him, he was interested in the Canes and what that coaching staff has to offer. So he's somebody I'm going to be watching, uh, you know, with the development, uh, you know, in that 2026 class. Uh, and I think he's going to be one of the big risers in the rankings going forward. Great stuff. Uh, definitely was a lot of talent out there. And a lot of that talent made their way down to Coral Gables and visited with the coaches at the University of Miami. There was just a ton, ton of, ton of players uh, out there, man. I mean, my weekend was crazy, man. On on Saturday, I was I was at Battle Miami. Then I went to the basketball game on campus, and then I stayed all day, uh, all to all night on, on campus, uh, just kind of talking with different kids coming in and out of there till about midnight. And then the next day, I'm at Battle Miami watching Luke Nickel tear it up. So it was a fun weekend for me. But I think it was definitely a fun weekend for a lot of these guys who came out to Miami and visited. I think Miami made uh, some good headway with a lot of players. In particular for me, I think Lamar Williams is, is a name to, to really kind of watch. It's offensive tackle at Gaston County. I think this guy was really impressed by Miami and the coaching staff, Alex Mirabal and, and Mario Cristobal, of course, uh, getting the opportunity to be coached 
being coached by those guys, I think is something that was really intriguing to him. I think Miami kind of moved up into a top three or maybe even a top two uh, for him. I think Dallas Wilson is is a player to watch uh, on flip watch because I think Miami made a really great impression. I think Miami's really, really high on this kid just because of his talent, his size, and his upside. I think that's a player that Miami made great headway with uh, during the weekend. And, uh, of course, Jamie French is another one as well where I think Miami made some progress uh, with him. Of course, he decommitted a four-star receiver out of Mandarin High School in Jacksonville from Alabama. And so Miami is definitely in the race here. He, Miami was his first offer. So loyalty is very important to him. So that's definitely also a, a player to watch, I think, um, as, as far as Miami's 2025 class is concerned. What about DJ Pickett, though, Frank? Uh, I mean, DJ Pickett, DJ Pickett is the highest player rated, I believe, that did visit Miami over the weekend. I think you had a chance to speak to him. What kind of headway do you think Miami made with him? And are there any other players that you think Miami made some significant progress with at Elite Prospect Day? Yeah, I think Miami's in a good place with Pickett. Uh, it's hard to gauge where things are at with him just because I don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon. He He's the best safety in the country, and he has pretty much everybody waiting on his overall decision. So I think it's going to come down to the wire for him. Having his cousin in the program, they have he said it to me that the goal for them is to play together at the next level. So they're going to see what happens. you know. And obviously we got that article coming out. Um, on canescounty.com over the next couple of days. So that's something that you guys should be looking out for. Um, it was a good interview with him. Just talking about Miami, the relationship with the die is building. I think that they're in a good spot. They're going to continue to push. The, grabbing an elite free safety has to be the goal for this cycle. You grabbed an elite strong safety type player and Zaquan Patterson, the last one with some intriguing body types and guys like Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, you, we really don't know what Dylan Day is going to be positionally. OJ Frederick could be another guy that has some positional versatility. But you haven't grabbed a five-star type free safety because of what was Cam Kitchens for the last couple of years. It was hard for a lot of guys to envision being the guy early on. I think DJ Pickett could be in a prime position, even with some of the transfers that Miami's gotten in. Now, a guy that I think that they made huge headway with was Onis Conan-Banny. Uh, who is in the South? Who you know played for South Florida Express this weekend? A London native uh, is a guy that has been you know developing rapidly as a football player. Former soccer guy. Uh, you know we did put an article out on him last weekend. You guys should check that out as well. But he fits the mold of what Miami wants: six two, hundred and eighty five, hundred and ninety pounds. Positional versatility, like once again, uh, he, he's a great kid, and and the connection between him and a die is one that I haven't really heard so far since I've started covering Miami. Uh, you know, the African back, African ties, you know, that his, both of their families have, they, they understand each other's upbringings and, and their journeys together uh, through this, you know, through being basically first-generation Americans, um, you know, and, and kind of going through the football process. But, uh, you know, I, I think that they have definitely built a strong bond I think that he loves the idea of South Florida. You know, he 
from what I understood, had the longest visit of the weekend for any prospect when he did go down uh, to University of Miami. So I, I think that Miami's in a really good spot. I did put a prediction in for Miami to land Conan Banny uh, in this 2025 cycle. And I think that uh, if you can land a Conan Banny and then continue to push for a Chris Ewald, who recently decommitted from Michigan, uh, who will be visiting this weekend, we have that list up on uh, our, our message boards. Check that out as well. Uh, and, and I think that you have an elite tandem at the cornerback position in 2025. Watching highlights here of DJ Pickett here, but uh, yeah, I definitely believe Conan Banny is high on Miami as well as Miami high on him. I actually had a chance to speak to Isaiah Thomas, uh, the 2024 signee at Miami and he just, you know, was, was talking very highly of Conan Banny, very similar type of recruitment kind of going on there. Um, I spoke to Isaiah Thomas during his recruit recruitment and he was just, you know, raving about a die and just how he connects with him uh, with that. Um, I guess foreigner type of background. Isaiah Thomas is from Canada originally. So I, he has a way to really kind of connect with these guys and, and relate to them. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Conan Benny is on possible commit watch uh, for Miami. But as far as the 2024 class, uh, because we're rolling into spring football now already, Frank, um, which one of these 2024 players do you think we'll be talking about during spring football? It's easy. This is low-hanging fruit for me. Zaquan Patterson. There's a need at that safety position. I think that he is ready to be a Miami Hurricane. He embodies everything that you look for at that safety spot. Just an old-school mentality to the position. At the position, physical player that wants to, you know, play at a, at a violent tenacity on a play-by-play basis. He has proven that he, he's he's a guy that can cover as well this past season. I think that he's going to come in and, and right away prove that he should be on the field uh, for the University of Miami at one of those safety spots. And if not starting right away, I think that he'll be in the rotation in a heavy way. The other guy is, for me, uh, Josiah Trader. Two Chaminade guys that are going in early, and I think that they're going to be able to play a high level of football to position a need. Uh, Isaiah Horton, we got to see what he's able to do on that at, at, at outside receiver spot. He, he still hasn't consistently shown that he can be the guy. And you lose Kobe Kobe Young, and we haven't really added anything at receiver in, from the transfer portal. There's an opportunity there for, for Josiah Trader to jump in at one of those outside receiver spots and, and make something happen, right? Like even Jacoby George, there's been some off-field you know, issues there. And at the end of the year, things kind of got a little ugly with some on-field stuff. So I think that there's going to be tons of opportunity there for Josiah Trader, who you and I both felt was one of the best athletes in the country, regardless of position. And with Miami going all in at him with him at the receiver spot, I think that he's going to prove that there is a chance we could see one of the better freshman receivers in this program since maybe like an Amon Richards. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, for me, I, I think it's going to be Booker Pickett, man. I really think he is going to make some headway uh, in in spring here. I mean, there, it's, it's going to be a rotation. We already know that. I mean, that's pretty normal with D-linemen, especially edge rushers. Uh, uh, Reuben Baines obviously going to be one of those guys, along with Nigel Kelly and 
and Jaden Wayne. But I, I think for that second group of edge rushers, you got a Booker Pickett. You also got possibly a Marquise Lightfoot that will probably be in the rotation. I think these guys have shown that they're dogs based on their performances in the All-Star Games uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, I think we're going to see those guys flash. Um, and I think we are going to hear Jason Taylor and Joe Salavea talk about those guys and how they are progressing as well as Mario Cristobal as well. I think uh, those guys will definitely kind of make, make some headway here in spring. So there are a lot of transfers as well, right? Uh, a lot of uh, transfer players that have brought in to the program and as far as transfers uh, concerned, which one of these transfers do you think will, will turn heads in spring? It's, I think it's probably going to be Savion Riley just because that, that safety position is so wide open, right? Like with James Williams and Cam Kitchens leaving, there's got to be people that step up at both spots. And I think that Savion Riley is a guy that played really well at Vanderbilt this past year. I know he wasn't a consistent starter, but – from everything I heard, he has the mindset that this that this defensive staff wants at the safety position. He's cerebral. He's a Vanderbilt type kid that was successful academically, right? Former receiver. Uh, he's got all the tools. He's got the length. He's got the size. And there's opportunity there at the safety spot. I think that this is a defense that is designed for production success at that position. I, like I know everybody loves Cam Kitchens, and I think that Cam Kitchens is one of those South Florida greats. But he's not a physical freak by any stretch of the imagination. He was more of a guy that understood what to do. He took chances, and, and he took yeah. advantage of opportunities. I think that Savion Riley's a bigger player. He might be a more athletic player. And if everything falls through, he could be another big-time defensive back for the University of Miami under Lance Gidry. Yeah, this is, of course, aside from Cam Ward, you know, <laughs> well, we don't have to really kind of talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, I mean, quarterback-wise, like Cam Ward is the easy one, you know what I'm saying? But I think, yeah. like, if we're talking about guys that are, aren't potential Heismans, right, like, it's, it's, you know, you go over, like, the Elijah Alstons and, and you know, is Rodney Hill going to have an impact at Miami? Guys like that, I think Savion Riley is the guy that I, that I think could make a huge impact here uh, early on for Miami at a position of need. Yeah, you kind of hit the one on the head for me. Elijah Austin, I, I feel like is, it could make an, a significant impact as well. Uh, I think he he's going to have an opportunity to, to play a lot just based on his experience. And I could see him flashing during spring and, you know, and getting a lot of reps and really causing a lot of disruption. So uh, I think he's one of the guys to really kind of watch as far as spring is concerned the transfer defensive end from Marshall. Now, as far as the, all the, all the players that have transferred in here, Frank, which one do you think is like, I guess the most questionable, like, like interesting, you know, as far as like Miami taking a chance on a certain transfer coming into the program. Isaiah Taylor. I know like you and I both loved him in high school at St. Thomas. He was a really good player. I just think with Misha Powell and Savion Riley and Zaquan Patterson coming into the program, the question has to be how much of how much opportunity is going to be there for Isaiah to ta Isaiah Taylor to really get on the field. He was yeah. a rotational guy at Arizona, and I know Arizona had a solid year this year, but it's like 
he's coming as a preferred walk-on, and I know his dad is our, you know, on staff, so that scholarship's already paid for, and it's more of a strategic move, a strategic depth move by the staff. But I just don't see a pathway to, you know, true success this year for him as a guy who's going to be buried on the Jets depth chart behind three guys, in my opinion, that are better players. So it's going to be tough for me to envision him making an impact in 2024 at the University of Miami. I hear you, and I and I agree with you too. I, I think it was, you know, if his last name is not Taylor, I, I doubt he even makes the team or transfers uh, to the team. You know, uh, I do think it's it's more of just bring him closer to home type of thing, and and you know, developing him into a big time player. I don't think he's a big time player as of yet, but definitely could develop into one, especially under the tutelage of of a die and coach Gidry who kind of specializes in developing safeties. You see what he, he did with Kinchins and, and Williams who are playing in the senior bowl uh, this weekend. So, uh, but for me, it's, it's Rodney Hill, man. Like it, that, that was the one that kind of uh, made me shake my head because, you know, Miami's got a pretty loaded running back room. And for you to add like a, a running back who, you know, he, he had some moment to, at Florida State, but definitely wasn't a guy to me that, like, you was a must-get. Uh, obviously, he's a depth piece for me, but it it, it would be confusing for me if I was, like, an A.J. Allen and this guy comes in because he's basically an A.J. Allen type of, type of back, and A.J. Allen proved that, that you know, he can – make big plays in big situations last season. So um, obviously Mark Fletcher is going to be recovering from an injury. So I guess you kind of want to see what you got. And, you know, Henry Parrish still on the roster there. And then you got a ton of young guys that have yet to prove, prove themselves on a college football field with uh, Trevante Citizen, um, Jordan Lyle, Chris, Chris Johnson Jr., and Chris Wheatley Humphrey. So all of those guys are really, really talented. I think all of those guys are arguably more talented than a Rodney Hill. So um, so that was kind of the one for me that was a little bit questionable as to why would you add a running back when I think the need right now on the offensive side of the ball is wide receiver. You know, uh, I think Miami needs a, a, a big – wide receiver and Miami's got a ton of slot guys, right? Where we're, I mean, uh, they're chock full of slot type of receivers with Ray Ray and Xavier Rochepo and, and now Nykar. And of course, Jojo could play in the slot as well as chance. Um, so, and of course, Jacoby George as well. You got Isaiah Horton, but you kind of need another guy like Isaiah Horton or of that size, 6'3", 6'4", 200 uh, or so pounds to really kind of solidify that wide receiver one spot where you, if you want to throw the fade, you can throw the fade to him, you know? So that was the one questionable uh, spot for me as far as um, transfers go. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that they have enough talent at receiver. We, we've seen less talent at the receiver spot at Miami before, and, and they've had moderate success at, this, at the position. And I think that this is an offense 
with a, the right quarterback in place where you don't necessarily need elite talent at that position because guys are going to get open. They're going to be in a position to make plays. Gabriel Shrepo is not one of the most talented receivers in Miami history, but he's probably going to end up the most productive in Miami history. And a big reason why is because of the Shannon Dawson air raid attack. Now, I mean, there's still one guy on the board that I think that they could go after. Um, you know, and, and I think that like we talked exactly. about Isaiah Horton, that's Leland Smith, right? And, and we don't know what's going to happen there. Like there's obviously been some traction a little bit more with teams like Purdue and Mississippi State, but it seemed like Miami was heavy on his heels very early on in the process. I don't necessarily know if that's wavered because uh, we know that Miami's going to have some wiggle room going into the spring. They don't necessarily have to, you know, make a decision on the roster cut down until after the spring. So I think that some guys are going to exit the program at that point, uh, and I think that they've still got some room to add receiver right now. Leland Smith would fit that mold perfectly at 6'5". He was productive in the JUCO ranks. He's an athletic guy, like 4'4 type speed. Uh, You know, and he might be a better fit for what Miami's looking for than an Isaiah Horton. But overall, I think Miami's going to be in a good spot just because Cam Ward is going to make things happen that Tyler Van Dyke wasn't able to, especially his mobility and and what he's able to do with off-platform throws and when things break down in a way that and I just didn't bring in any aspect to. So overall, we're going to see what happens. I would be okay if they didn't add a receiver. If they added a Leland Smith, I think that Miami's in a really good spot positionally across the board because offensive line-wise, we know it's going to be really strong, especially with the addition of Zach Carpenter. Linebacker-wise, they bring back mostly everything. Uh, defensive back-wise, I think that they've made enough additions to where this is going to work. We know that the edge spot might be the best in the country. Receiver-wise is the only question because you got Cam Ward. Jordan Lyle is now considered one of the top five running backs in the country. You had Mark Fletcher, who was basically a freshman All-American. A.J. Allen showed flashes. Like Everything is there for Miami to make a huge jump this year. And if you add one more big body on the outside, things could definitely get scary with a Cam Ward-led passing attack. Yeah, the question is is just probably going to be health and if they can stay healthy and depth-wise. Uh, you know, um, quick question before we get out of here, though. Um, a kid I like at DB, I know we're pretty good on DB, and the question is kind of where if are we going to continue to develop a Damari Brown and, or Jadice Richard, or do you get a guy who's been proven already uh, like a Takario Davis, you know, this is a guy who led the Pac-12 in pass breakups. He's still in the portal right now out of Arizona. Uh, do you think Miami should kind of see what's going on there with, with him and, and maybe invite him on a visit or something like that? Or do you kind of stick with the guys that you got and just develop the guys in that defensive backfield? I think they're in a good spot. Mishael Powell is a guy who can play corner as well as safety. He, I think he's that chess piece that they added. You don't really – he's almost like a two-for-one, right? Like, he can play nickel. He can play on the outside. He can play over the top. He can play strong safety. Like, he can do everything you need him to. Swiss Army knife of the back end of this defense. And I think Richard and Brown both showed that they have enough to, to be that second corner opposite Porter. Uh, Porter was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire conference last year when healthy. Yeah. Miami's in a good spot in my position, right? Like, Robert Stafford could take a huge jump up in the, in the spring. Who knows, right? Like – like, listen, we could see Ryan Mack be a guy that makes a huge impact early on. He was 
he was dominant in the all-star game uh, settings, you know, was was really good this year for St. Thomas Aquinas. And he's a guy that I feel is technically sound enough already coming into college. I love where Miami is at at the cornerback spot right now. Maybe it's not all-American level status, but it's it's solid, right? Yes. You got different types of bodies. You got speed. You got technicians. You got power. Everything is there for Miami to be successful. I think they have two of the better defensive back coaches in college football already in place. I don't necessarily need think you need to add any more defensive back because then I think you're you. It's going to be hard to cut down on this roster. They're like eight or nine spots over right now, and, and you're going to make some tough decisions late to get down to eighty-five. And I don't necessarily know if you want to push another guy out just to bring in a DB that creates a log jam out of position. Or you might be okay already. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting to see what they do. And I agree with you. I, I think they're pretty good. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to ask that question and get your opinion on it. Uh, of course, you will be at Battle Houston this weekend. So uh, definitely. Vegas. Worth- Las, Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. <laughs> Battle Las Vegas. I mean, you might as well stay for the Super Bowl while, you, while you're out there, bro. <laughs> you know, and make some bets or something, you know, like. Like I did last time I was there, I came up on a on a UFC fight, and I bet on something else. But I, I remember I, I bet on Valentina and someone else. But I, I know I won all my bets while I was there, so um, I'm gonna try to give that good juju over to you. Once you go out there, I know you're gonna make some. I know you're gonna make some wagers, bro. So make some good ones. Um, hey, so- I need to make some good ones because the Hard Rock app has been taking me to town. Uh, it is. It is. It has been. <laughs> I just downloaded it, man. I haven't made any bets yet, but um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll let you guys know on the next update if uh, if I'm broke uh, and need to write about <laughs> 10 more articles next week to make up for it. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Frank will be at uh, Battle Las Vegas, and I will be at uh, Football Hotbed 7-on-7 this weekend, so plenty more to come from canescounty.com make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms subscribe to this youtube channel live from canes county most importantly subscribe to the website canescounty.com for free use the promo code miami30 until the next episode